On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, I am not picking a partner for a healthy, successful relationship based on their potential. I need to make my decision based on the facts and what's actually in front of me in the moment. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Our quote of the day, you can't make decisions based on fear and the possibility of what might happen. That quote comes to us from our favorite auntie and forever first lady, Michelle Obama. So I'm going to say that quote one more time because we'll really need to keep revisiting that quote throughout this conversation. You can't make decisions based on fear and the possibility of what might happen. All right. So, team. All right. You know our topic for today. Mm-hmm. Ooh, child. Right. Right. <laughs> when you hear that quote, what comes up for you? When I hear that quote, Dom, one, I will say that it resonates with me, but I feel like I need more. I'm like, OK, cool. You can't make decisions based on fear and the possibility of what might happen. Then. What is the foundation for the decisions that we're making? What are we pulling from, right? Like, what, how are we making these decisions? And so, lady, we are super excited about this conversation today because it's, 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 it's girl talk, all right? So, girl, get your drink, get your drinky drink, whatever you're drinking, get comfortable because it's about to go down. We're about to have some real ass conversations in here. Make sure the kids are not around because we might be dropping some colorful language, which we share with you on the First episode of this podcast, right? We're 200 plus episodes in. So let's get into it. Now, Dom, I don't know about you, but I want to know, what do you think about the quote before we jump into the disclaimer and, you know, just kind of setting up the conversation? What does this quote mean to you and what are your thoughts on it? So when I hear that quote, to me, what I hear is two different things. One is that you can't make a decision because you are afraid of something, right? So I'm not going to make a decision on how I fly or how I get to my next vacation because I'm afraid 
of flying, right? That's not necessarily the healthiest way to make that decision. It might be a factor, but it's not the reason to make a decision on your transportation needs, right? And then the second piece, the other end of that spectrum is the possibility of what might happen. And I often think about that in terms of romantic relationships that I am not picking a partner for a healthy, successful relationship based on their potential. I need to make my decision based on the facts and what's actually in front of me in the moment. And I know those two examples right there already will probably cause some controversy, but I said what I said and I stand by it. And I'll explain more. You'll understand that my rationale more as you listen to the episode and the other examples that we provide. She said what she said, y'all. The doctor said what she said. Don't add her, okay? Okay. Girl, okay. Mic dropped. Episode's over. This was great. It's like, damn, <laughs> that was so good. Thanks I, for coming I, to my TED Talk. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for having us. Damn, girl, don't get me started. I literally just posted something about potential today, about how potential is not guaranteed. It doesn't guarantee an outcome. So we're going to dig into that in a minute, lady. But first, just to kind of ground us on this episode, right? When I was younger, I feel like there were so many topics that I wanted to chat with someone about. And this was a time in my life when I didn't have a therapist. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk to your girlfriends, you talk to your homeboys, but sometimes you're just not getting what you need to get. Right. People will either just share their own situations or they they don't really give you a sound, objective opinion. And so, lady, we hope that this conversation can help to pique your interest, but also to give you language for situations that you might be going through or situations that you might be supporting someone through. And so we got some juicy ass scenarios for you today that many people in life can relate to that we have been inspired. The scenarios were inspired by social media posts. Right. Situations possibly from our real life, you won't know because we're not going to tell you because we already tell enough of our business on the podcast. But these scenarios are definitely real life scenarios. And so we hope that you can take what resonates and give the rest away or, you know, leave what doesn't connect with you. So, Dom, shall we dive into the first scenario here? Yes, let's do it. All right. So let's paint this picture, right? So you are in a relationship. It's so amazing. You're in the honeymoon phase. Everything's just so awesome. And you look up and you've now been in this relationship for a couple of years and y'all are having the conversation about marriage. And it sounds so exciting because everyone in your family has been like, when you going to get married? When you going to have them babies? I want my grandkids. They're looking at the clock. I want my grandkids. And you and your partner, y'all have a pretty decent relationship. There are some red flags. There are some things that you're like, you know what? I kind of don't like this, but, you know, the relationship is cool. Like we're coasting. It's all right. And your partner proposes to you and you're getting ready to make this lifelong decision to commit to this person for life till death do us part. But you start to get cold feet and you start to get those feelings in your stomach where you're like, even though the relationship is cool, 
I don't think this is the one. I don't think this is for me. But you're trying to figure out what you do when you're at the point where you've already accepted the engagement and now you're planning a wedding. How do you call this shit off? Oh, that's a tough one. That is Mm -hmm. a tough that is a tough position to be in. And to me, requires a lot of courage to say the things that the hard things that need to be said, right? Yeah. And and so I think about it from the perspective of the friend or family member or observer of what's happening, right? And I have been the one to say to someone, you don't have to go through with this. Mm-hmm. Are you sure this is what you want? I've been that person. Now, in that moment, they said, yeah, this is what they wanted. And then fast forward. They get married and fast forward a few years and they get divorced. Mm -hmm. So then we revisit the conversation. And what it usually, what it often can boil down to is a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things is I wanted the wedding. And so when I hear that, what that tells me is you weren't ready for marriage. It was about the ceremony. It was about the pomp and circumstance. It was about the celebration. It was about all of the things that don't matter in the long term of the marriage, of a marriage, right? And so what I also hear in that is that you could have plugged in anybody and they would have said yes Mm -hmm. because they wanted the wedding. That is some real shit. It is. Hey, lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast We love you for real, and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. 
We've been great stewards of our platform all while working full time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you uplevel your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. And then the second reason, more common reason that people may go through with it is Mm -hmm. out of shame or embarrassment and not wanting to have to go through the process of telling everyone, hey, y'all, the wedding's off and having to answer the questions. Right. And then having to cancel the venue and figure out what to do with the dress and the tux and all the canceling the caterers and all the things that have to go into when you cancel an event. Not wanting to go through with that out of the fear, going back to our quote of the day, making a decision out of fear that's also based in shame or embarrassment. They decide to go through with a marriage to a person they don't really want to be with. To avoid yes. that that moment of embarrassment that would come along with having to cancel the wedding. Can I just say, let's just, Dom, I think you did an amazing job going over those two key, I would say, reasons, right? Why people may not, or why people may want to either get married or why they would not want to call off the wedding. But can we just sit with the fact that that's a, this is a tough predicament to be in. Like, it is. I, it I is. feel like anxiety is boiling in my belly just thinking about it because I remember what it was like when I was planning my wedding and all of the details that go into it. And I just want to sit with the feelings that might come up, right? So yeah. there may be, there may be some regret like you may be talking yeah. to yourself, lady, if this is you in that position, you may be like, damn it, why didn't I, I knew I saw that red flag then and I knew my intuition was like, no, boo, this ain't for you, but I kept going because I was just kind of living on autopilot. So fuck, I'm really upset with myself because I didn't listen to my, my gut and now I'm in this situation where yep. I'm going to have to make this big decision that's going to be very public. So that could be a feeling, right? Regret. Yeah. It could be shame, like you already mm-hmm. called out. There could be the thoughts like, damn, what is his family or her family or their family going to think? What is my family going to think? What if I don't get the money back from the venue? I mean, just so many feelings, stress, Mm -hmm. anxiety. Sometimes it's easier to just go with the flow and go with the shit that's already been planned out versus disrupting your life and disrupting things. There's a lot there. Many, many feelings that one might feel when they find themselves in this position. Yeah. I would agree. And I think and any of those feelings that come up are real, right? Yes. And might be hard to sit with. 
But the thing that I think we want to lean into that can be really hard to lean into is one, having the courage, two, having the vulnerability, and three, thinking about the long game, Mm -hmm. right? So when we think about this calling off an engagement or a wedding, the long game is if I say yes, if I go through with this, now I am tied to this person technically for forever, right? Unless I decide to get a divorce. And divorces are expensive. Especially if you all have acquired assets together. And then don't talk about right. If you have kids. Yes. Having to go through custody arrangements. Mm. It's a lot. Not to mention your overall peace and happiness. Mm -hmm. And so is a few months of dealing with embarrassment or shame worth years of regret or financial costs? Right. And I I, I get it. I want to be clear that in the moment, it is hard to make that decision. But again, this is why we go back to our quote of the day and say, let's not make a decision out of fear. Or. Potential for what might happen, right, or possibility of what might happen. So we're not calling, we're not deciding to go through with an engagement or a wedding because this person could change. That red flag could go away. Or because I'm afraid of what people will say if I call this off. We're going to make this decision on whether or not to say yes to this engagement, say yes to this marriage. Based on, is this person the right one for me? Yeah. And hopefully we have done a whole lot of soul searching and some premarital therapy where we've answered the hard questions before we get to the point of walking down the aisle. Yes, yes, and yes, Dom. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And I think that before we look at options and consequences and things to consider, if I were in this position, right, I'm not ashamed to say that I've been in a similar position before, but in this position, I believe that the first thing one needs to do is get get into solitude, like get by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can have a real ass conversation with yourself and ask yourself why, like, why do you think? Cause a lot of times the answers that we need, they're within y'all they know are. how it is. You know, you'd be calling your homegirl like, girl, oh my God, what should I do? You know, deep down, we've been knowing what we need to do. We know. And usually mm-hmm. the thing that we need to do is the thing that we don't want to do. It's the thing that doesn't feel, it's the thing that kind of feels scary. Right. 
Not which is why you're hesitating. Yeah. Which is why you're hesitating. And we're looking for validation. We're looking for someone to mm-hmm. tell us what to do so we can kind of absolve ourselves of the responsibility. And it's like, all right, well, Dom told me, Dom said this on the episode, so I'm going to just go ahead and do this. Uh-uh. We got to nope, put our big nope, girl nope. draws on, put the big girl panties on and have a conversation with yourself and ask like, why? Why do I think this is coming up? Why do I think this anxiety, these butterflies in my stomach, why do I think they're there? I, I love to do the pros and cons, right? So weighing yes. out the pros and cons mm-hmm. on paper so you can see it. You see that long ass list of cons and you see them three pros over there. You're like, okay, this is where we yep. at. Mm-hmm. Seeing it visually. Also, objectively stepping back and saying, okay, realistically, if I were helping a friend out with this advice, what are all of the plausible options that I could choose? We're not making a decision. We're not judging. Just what could I actually mm-hmm. do, right? Listing them out. I think also asking yourself, what do I fear? And I think writing all of this out can be so powerful because then you can reread it. You can get the thoughts out of your head and onto paper. So asking yourself, what do I fear? And then asking yourself, what does your gut say? So whether you're meditating or you're asking God or spirit to come and speak to you, whether you're praying, what does your gut really say? Because a lot of times we know what it's saying and sometimes it's hard to listen to that. But I would say if you are in this predicament, definitely if you can seek out a therapist, and someone to help you through the situation, I think that could be super helpful because a lot of times when we have a conversation, especially with a therapist, they're able to pick up on things that we may not necessarily pick up on. I remember one time talking to my therapist, Dom, and I was speaking about a certain topic and she was just listening to me, observing. And then after I spoke about these two topics, she was like, well, I noticed that when you talked about this, you lit up. You had a different type of energy to you when you talked about this. And then when you spoke about this topic, the energy shifted. And this is what I observed. And as that, as that, as she was mirroring me, it resonated. And I was like, oh shit, okay, I know why I was excited here. And I was able to dig deeper within myself. So I would say that those are some of the things that I would do realistically if I were in this situation. And then when it comes to the options, Dom, Dom, help me out if I'm missing something. When we think about all of the possible options for this scenario, you could call it off, right? Call the wedding off, however you decide to do that. You could go through with it or you could like no show. What do they call that? Runaway bride? You could. You could. could. Are those the three options? Yeah, I think those are the options. And what I would do is if you decide to call it off, right? I would enlist the help of someone who's close to you, who will be willing to support you and maybe be willing to be your talker, like your your representative. Right. Mm -hmm. So like. All right. So, for example, like, let's say that I was about to get married and. Terry, you and I had a conversation and I was like, I, I don't think. I think I need to call this off. I'm done. Um, is it cold feet or is it like your gut is speaking to you saying this ain't it? Because I feel like there's a difference. There's a difference there. Yes. Okay. But I've done all the soul searching that you suggested. Right. Okay. And I am clear that I need to walk away. Right. I need to call it off. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, T, all right. I'm calling you, calling my best friend. And I'm like, all right, y'all, here's here's the things that need to be done. Can y'all like I don't have it in me. I'm going to have a conversation with my fiance and let him know we done. That's a lot. That's a huge piece itself. Right. Yeah. 
But here's all the people that need to be told, can you all do this for me? Mm -hmm. And so now I've enlisted support. And then I've also set a boundary and I've said, you know, I need privacy at this time. And so my phone is on do not disturb. I'm not responding to anyone. I've directed them to my support team and my support team is answering all the questions for me and enforcing the boundaries for me of y'all heard her. She said she she said the wedding's off. She said she needs some time. We given her all the time she needs. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love that, Don, because like you said, it's already stressful enough to communicate this to your fiance, but having a team to help you through the situation, your representatives, I think that's spot on. And I'm a big fan of letters, y'all. Like I write to express myself. And so you might want to write your fiance a letter. That way you can, again, get the Mm -hmm. thoughts out of your head onto paper, give it to them, let them read it and then go from there. I think being prepared as well, when you call it off, being prepared for potential backlash, like people are going to be judgmental. People are going to call you all types of names. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, though, there's something so powerful when you are walking in your truth. Yes. Because at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be comfortable and happy with what you see. You have to sleep at night, right? And Mm -hmm. it's hard to sleep when you're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this. You have this anxiety. Baby, when you tell your truth, the sleep be so peaceful. So you be gone. You be mm-hmm. out like a light. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have this. Yeah. Like there's this light energy that you embody because you have spoken your truth and you're living in your truth. So. All right. That takes us to the next one, which is go through with it. And Dom, you already talked a bit about going through with the wedding. I feel like if you go through with it, here's the thing. There is no judgment here. We're just sharing options, lady. But I'm sure there are some people listening who you actually went through it and you you saw what it was about. And we all have our lessons to learn. Like I've made mm-hmm. decisions in life that I, in hindsight, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I signed up for that, made the decision yep. and I learned the lessons from it. And so some of us, we end up going through with it. And then we learn the lessons and we 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 understand later, oh, this is probably why I should not have done that, right? Right. So I think that when you go through with it, you'll end up learning some probably hard lessons and you'll, your intuition will be validated because you realize later, oh, this is why I had that gut feeling. And yes. then ideally we can use that for future situations when our gut and our intuition is telling us something, we can listen. So going through with it and then no show, I don't know. Again, no judgment, but if you know show, I feel like that could be a bit more damaging than calling it off and like taking the initiative and getting ahead of it because no show people are going to be worried about you. Like, wait, did something happen? Mm-hmm. It can be embarrassing because it's the day of and you're leaving someone at the altar. Although people have done this and they do it, I think that it could be, the backlash could be a bit worse and it'd be, it might be more difficult to recover from it if you just don't show up at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. So... Lady, ideally, we would encourage you to call it off. However, we understand that we all have our journeys to take. And sometimes that journey means we're going through with it. And sometimes that journey means we are having a runaway bride situation. Hey, lady. 
Have you ever been listening to the podcast and been like, damn, I wish I could be in the same room with Dr. Dom, T, and the other listening ladies? Well, you ain't the only one. Dom and I often talk about how we wish we could bring our authentic sisterhood energy to you in real life. So, on Saturday, July 8th, 2023 at 7 p.m., we are hosting a live podcast show and meet and greet in Oakland, California. And guess what? Lady, you're invited. We even have an exclusive VIP experience where you can meet with us one-on-one and attend a twerk class with us if you so choose. Did somebody say, oh, you blatchet? The first 25 people to register will be entered into a raffle to win a Cultivating Her Space podcast swag bag worth more than $250. Visit herspacepodcast.com to learn more and register today before tickets sell out. Whichever you decide, know that, well, we hope, that you do have a support team out there to help you navigate whatever decision you choose. Ooh, All right. This next so that one. takes us to the second one. Mm. You know, I think, so this second one, usually I think sometimes with this second scenario, when people go through with it, it, it can end up helping them decide not to go through with our first scenario. Oh my gosh, yes. That is so true. All right, so let's not (laughs) leave the people in suspense. Okay. Our second scenario is the decision on whether or not to live with someone before marriage. Now I know, you know, for some of the younger folks out there, that might not be such a big deal, might not be such a hard decision, right? But I think about our folks who are 30 and over and our parents and grandparents and everyone said, shacking up, girl, don't you be out there shacking up. And then what's the other one about sampling the cow, buying the milk or something? How does it go? Why are they going to buy the cow if he can get the milk for free? There we go. Yes, (laughs) Yes. Yes. So. All right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dom, let me just say growing up in a very religious household, this was definitely shunned. Like this was this was looked down upon for sure. Even so much so that when I got engaged, I moved in with my fiance and I did not tell my family for the longest because I was like, I don't want to hear their shit. I'm grown, number one, but I'm also a responsible grown up. Like I'm not just, oh, I'm grown, but they still paying my bills and stuff. I'm grown, grown. And I was like, I'm going to do, this is what's best for me in my life. And so I made the decision. And then later on when I told them, it was kind of like, all right, y'all, I mean, y'all got to deal with it. Cause my family was like, I feel like they always try to like baby me. Even when I was grown, they tried to still be very much like helicopter. And it was like, oh, I pay, I pay all these bills. I'm grown, right. grown. Like, come on. Right. So right. even though I was in my twenties, I feel like they were, there was still a little bit of judgment. And of course you hear, don't get pregnant when you move in. So if you're not trying to start a family, you may want to get on birth control, just saying. But yeah, there's a lot that comes with this too. I mean, there's a lot that comes with the dom- shame. Shame. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, what I think about when I think about this is the nuance of it, right? Yes. And the reasons why people decide to live together before marriage, right? So 
in this particular economy, finance is one that comes up for me right away, right? Mm -hmm. I personally am not a proponent of moving in with someone solely based on finances. Mm -hmm. However, I am also acutely aware that the current housing market in a lot of places in this country are kind of forcing people to make a decision to live with someone because, hey, if we get a one-bedroom apartment and right now rent is $2,500 a month for this one-bedroom apartment, right now I don't make enough to pay $2,500 a month on my own. But me and my boyfriend been kicking it for a hot little minute His lease is about to be up. I'm trying to not have any roommates anymore. How about we move in together and pool our finances? Because I can't afford $2,500 on my own. He can't afford $2,500 on his own. But together, we can make it work. I get that. And I'm frustrated that our current economy is set up that this is what is forcing people to make this decision. And I also know of people making this decision, not solely on finances, but also because they are trying to get out of other situations, right? So I'm still living at home and It's five of us in this two-bedroom apartment. If me and Boothang decide to get a place together, hell, we could get a studio apartment for all I care, but it's just me and Boothang creating our little love nest. Mm -hmm. Or it could be, hey, I'm in a long-distance relationship. We decide... We don't want to continue to be long distance. So we're going to pick a city. And we're both going to leave our respective locations and move to this new city together. And that means we're going to we're going to move in together as well. We're starting a life on our own in this new city together. I know. You know, creating our cute little love nest, you know. Yes. Girl, (laughs) there's so much. Okay, so let me see. There's so much that I want to say about this. I will say that, one, I'm just sharing. In my experience, I believe that these things are important. I believe that as a woman, it is important to experience and have your own space at some point in your adult life. Yes. That is a belief that I believe is extremely important. Lady, I don't care how much your partner loves you and wants to be with you. Having your own space and independence is so important. It really is. And I know some people who, you know, left their parents' home and went right into their partner's space. And there are some challenges that can come up when you when you aren't given the liberty to be on your own and, and see what no that's independence. like. Mm-hmm. And no independence, right? 
So I believe that it's really important to establish yourself as an adult and to have that overall experience on your own and also to really see what do you like? That was one of the things when I moved out of my dorm room and moved into my first apartment by myself, I had a chance to really like, I call it date myself where I was like, well, damn, this is your space. You don't have roommates. What do you want to do? Before I coupled with someone else and kind of meshed my life with them and and intertwined my likes and dislikes based on what they wanted to do, what they wanted to watch on TV and what they wanted to go, you know, where they wanted to go out and eat. I had a chance to get to know me so that when I did meet someone else, I was coming as a full person that already had my own life with me. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that's important at the same time, although this may not be popular opinion, although these days it might be, I do think it's important to live with someone before you marry them because baby, I don't care how much time y'all spend together. Cause I used to be like, Oh, we spend like every waking moment together. I already know him. Uh, uh-uh. you don't know no, somebody you don't. until you live with them and you mm-hmm. see how they are under pressure. You see mm-hmm. how they, how clean or not so clean they are. You see how they manage a household. Are they paying the motherfucking bills? Because I, I've heard stories where y'all split bills and this motherfucker not paying the bills. And then the shit is getting turned off because they're not responsible. So little things like that. Right. I personally would want to know that before I get married. Right. The other thing I'll say is if you do decide to move in with someone always have, I think someone called this year is called like a fuck it fund, a fuck it fund mm-hmm, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where baby have your money set up aside because Ninjas are known to act a little funny when you move into their space. Because one day you're going to be arguing potentially, and not to say all people are like this, but you might be arguing one day and they might ask you to get your, get your shit and get up out. And if you don't have a place to go, what are you going to do? If you don't have that backup fund, what are you going to do? If you don't have a backup plan, it leaves you vulnerable and in a very compromising position that can then turn out to be financially abusive. And what I would add to that, because I think that's very important to consider, right, to have that backup plan. But which part of that backup plan is also the flip side of that, right, is that let's say that you let your partner move into your space. Oh, and then all of a sudden they start acting up and you like, uh, you got to go. Pack your shit. Mm hmm. We're going to have a wait to exhale moment, pack your shit and get up out. (laughs) And and so then now you are left with managing your household on your own. Can you afford to manage your household on your own? Mm -hmm. Last thing I want to add, unless you have anything else, Dom, is potentially having a contract or something in writing that establishes the responsibilities because you also don't want y'all. I did not make this up. So don't try to cancel us, please. But I saw this on social media and it's something called y'all ready. Are y'all ready? It's something called a hobo sexual. Okay. And these Dom's facial expression. (laughs) Dom's making me laugh. Are people, sometimes they're usually men. They say, who like to shack up with you and try to live in your crib just because they don't have nowhere else to go. And this typically happens in the winter seasons when it's chilly and they want to cuddle. Listen, ladies, before you make the decision to Mm -hmm. live with someone, please vet them. Yes. Credit score, please. Please, right, right. 
background check, please. Yes. Yes. Make sure you've known them for more than two weeks or two months. Yes. Because then sometimes um, they don't leave. You may say you need to pack your shit and to the left, to the left, but they may not leave. And if you don't have the, what is it? The landlord policy or the lease, the guideline, mm-hmm. the lease for your area, you might be shit out of luck. And then you might have to leave your own spot. So it, it's a lot to consider. It is a lot to consider. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, part of that in thinking about your feelings, right? And thinking about like, the options that you might have in this regard. One thing that you might consider is living on your own or living with a roommate and you all continue to date. And so maybe it's, okay, you all have separate spaces and maybe those separate spaces aren't ideal in terms of where you would really like to live, but it's within each of your budgets, right? And so then that's teaching each of you financial responsibility. And then you all can spend time at each other's spaces to get a sense of what that person is like. Mm -hmm. Although you could spend every night at that person's house and it is still not 100% the same as when you all are actually living together. But it does give you a sense of who they are. And is this, it gives you some insight into, is this a person that I could live with? I'm over at his space three nights out of the week. And of those three nights, he's up playing video games till 3 a.m. And I need to be in bed by midnight because I got to get up at five. And then he comes into bed at 3 a.m. and he wants to have sex. But I'm like, I got two hours before I got to get up to go to work. So, no, we're not doing this. That's a potential issue in your relationship, right? If you live together and that becomes a point of contention. Now you're looking at. Having to find a new place to live. But if you all aren't living together yet and you see that this is the pattern, this is a conversation that you all can have to sort it out. To figure out what would it really look like for you all if you were to actually live together. So you can spend time at each other's houses. Without the financial implications, without the deeper emotional implications that come along with living together. Yes, I love that. Love that option, Dom. And I will say, Lady, even though we're sharing our perspectives on this topic, you really have to think about your situation and what's best for you. So we shared we opened up the conversation. Like we opened up the dialogue. We're sharing various scenarios. So I think just going back to the quote of the day that can ground us, make a decision that's not emotional. Don't let anyone pressure you into doing this. Mm-hmm. Really weigh your pros and cons. Again, go back to the pros and cons. Weigh the pros and cons and really right. think about all the scenarios that we shared. Be honest with yourself about the red flags that you see, because a lot of times the red flags that we sense and see in the beginning, they're going to be glaring 
horns and sirens in the future. Like there's more to the red flag, right? It's not just a red flag just to be, to be cute. Like there's something bigger. It's like the tip of the iceberg. You look up underneath that water and you're like, God damn, this is all the stuff. This, this is all the, what? You know, Listen, so think about- You want a real visual? A red flag is like a red light. When you are at a traffic stop, that red light is there to tell you to stop because otherwise danger is on the way. You choose to keep going. And next thing you know, a Mack truck has come through and smacked right into you. Yes. And we want to avoid that. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh, boy. Let's hop into our final scenario for the main episode. Yes. But of course, if you go to herspacepodcast.com and you click on Patreon, we'll dive into the even juicier, the real sexy scenarios uh, in the after show. But our last scenario here <laughs> for the main show is navigating personal boundaries and preference preferences around sex. So just think you're meeting with a new person. Maybe you met, met them on the dating app. And he cool, he cute, whatever. And, you know, you go to his spot, y'all about to get it in. And he's like, oh, wait, this condom is too tight. I can't feel nothing. Can we just do it raw? Right? That's one scenario. It it happens, right? Like, you already know. You're probably like, oh, my God. Yes, girl. That's a scenario. What about if, I don't know, you're having sex and someone is like, it's about to get real, y'all. We told y'all put the kids to sleep. They're trying to do anal. And you're like, whoa, right. we didn't talk about this. Like, you just, bruh. Slid like a finger we, in my butt and I didn't, I, without my consent, hold on. I wasn't ready, you know? Like, I sure wasn't. <laughs> lube me up. Okay, anyway. Right? So, uh, something. Give something. me some warning. I'm Give sorry. Yes, yes. yes okay. there are- <laughs> sorry. We're having flashbacks now. So we're going to, we're going to recruit. <laughs> Conversations that need to be had. Conversations that need to be had. So we painted the picture, the feelings, right? I have definitely been in situations, Dom, where it's been a sexual situation and I was caught off guard about something and did not speak up for myself because I didn't want to ruin the mood. So I kind of did some shit that I didn't really want to do because I was just like, yeah, I don't want to cause any issues. I'm just going to get this over and done with. And then I'm going to move on. I've definitely been in that situation. And it's embarrassing. And it's a bit shameful, especially after the fact, knowing like I'm this strong black woman who speaks up for myself. But in that situation back then, I didn't I didn't do that. So there's some of that that comes up. There is, I think, some fear at times because you don't know yeah. how that other person is going to receive your feedback. Sometimes you can feel awkward. Like, how, how do I even bring up an STD test or like, how do I even bring up, you know, an STI status? Like, how do I have this conversation yeah. in the midst of the situation? So there's a lot of feelings I think that come up. Did I miss any feelings, Dom? I think, no, I think you covered them all. And I think really being honest with yourself about the situation that you're navigating, right? Because let's be, we're going to keep it all the way a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how you engage in conversation around consent and or sexual preferences with someone that you have been dating for a while versus we, you know, we met oh. 
and out at, <laughs> we met out in the club and we going home together. Right. Like I just stand? met you. Right. It might be. OK. Well, I don't know. It might turn into more. I don't know. Okay. But I just met you. And so. The conversation that I'm going to have with you. Person I just met. And the goal of the night is to get it in is going to be slightly different. Notice I said slightly than the conversation that I'm having with someone that I've been seeing for a while. Right. So conversation that I might have with the person that I'm just bringing back to my hotel room or to my apartment or wherever, because we just met. Condoms. Do you have any STIs that I need to be aware of? What are your likes, dislikes, and what are your what would you like for us to do in this moment? And any safe words, like if something gets a yes. little too much in the moment, what is our? Let's choose a What's word. Our, that we're gonna... Yes. What are our safe words? Right. Mm-hmm. You can have that conversation right up front. Yes. Or via text. I feel like sometimes if you feel a little awkward in the moment, you could even text about it. So you have like a track record. Right. Of, you know what oh, I mean? that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. If it's someone that we've been seeing for a while, conversations are hopefully building up, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely would encourage a conversation around getting tested. Whether you go together to get tested or you each go and get tested and you share the results. And being able to understand what the results mean and making sure that the person has a te- gets tested for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not just testing for HIV out here. We testing for all of it. All of we're it. getting we're asking for a comprehensive STI examination. All and there's the no shame. Exactly. And lady, don't feel any shame about this. Your health and wellness and safety is extremely important. And one night of pleasure, shit, it ain't worth, it ain't worth the bullshit that could come. Mm-mm. It ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. No, it's not. It worth Whether it's an it unwanted pregnancy. It. No, ain't no dick or pussy that damn good for you to be. Mm-mm. Let's have the conversation. And if you want, you can look online for tips and resources on how to actually bring it up, prepare, prepare yourself, like look up some language so that you can say it in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And that's like on brand for your vibe. You know what I mean? Yes. Like do it, have the conversation because you're worth it and your health and safety is worth it. So, yeah. And I will say that having those conversations can be pretty awkward, Mm -hmm. but truly what's more awkward is If you were to have an unwanted pregnancy or have an STI and then have to call that person and be like, hey, so I know we only was together that one time, but uh, Mm -hmm. here's what went down. You might want to get to the clinic. Yes. Yep. And I've had plenty of friends that have had to deal with that. And that is so freaking tough. And anxiety provoking. Yes. Scary. Yes. Yes. And so I think, you know, and now we're, we're talking like, I want, we're, we're talking about like the more negative side of it, but also let's talk about like the person that you're with and you're wanting to explore. 
right? Mm-hmm. And how do you say to your partner, like, hey, I would like to introduce someone else into the bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't think the sex we've been having has been as enjoyable for me as I would like it to be. Pretty awkward. Yeah. But if this is the person you're going to continue to have sex with, you would want to be able to have that conversation because both of you all deserve to feel and experience pleasure. Yes, it is important. And also discussing, you know, like, really, what are the things that bring you to orgasm? Mm -hmm. What are the things that maybe you've always wanted to try but didn't feel comfortable bringing up with anybody else? Being okay with having those conversations. I also think about as we get older or maybe we experience something physically where our bodies are different. I think about moms and how your body is different after you've given birth, whether it was a vaginal delivery or not. How you feel different in your body, right? I think about folks who have had different types of surgeries. Or I also recognize that when someone might be depressed, like extremely depressed, or have some other type of psychological issue going on, there's no interest in sex. And so then how do you communicate that to your partner? Or if someone has a physical condition that might be currently preventing them from being able to have sex or having sex becomes dangerous, what having that conversation with your partner around what are things that can be done so that we can experience pleasure in a way that truly is physically safe, like legit, like if we do this, I might have a heart attack. What can we do so that I don't have a heart attack? And being willing to navigate these these conversations as awkward as they may be, Because this is particularly if this is a person that you're having sex with on a regular, consistent, potentially long term basis. You want there are going to be awkward moments. That's just that. That's the nature of being human. Exactly. I feel like, Dom, anyone that we're having regular even if it's casual, like regular, consistent sex with, I feel like we should be having these conversations. Like this is important, you know, if it's a one night stand, I'm like, okay, there's some, I mean, the the basics are important, but like, as you're continuing to have sex with someone, this should be a practice of like having those, those conversations. I know when I think about younger me, oh my gosh, younger me having sex, it was just like, I mean, so timid, not speaking up. I mean, I barely even knew what I liked. It was very different from older, more mature me, right? Where I'm like super vocal and it's like, oh, I like this. Don't like that. Mm -mm, No, thank you. You know what I mean? So I feel like just being able to express what you like and dislike, even in the moment, like if someone's doing something that you like, let them know, right? In a way that feels right Mm -hmm. to you. But if they don't, 
I'm a big fan of like moving the hands, like, mm-mm. You know what I mean? Finding so it doesn't a mess way up the to let too them much. know. Yeah. Yeah. But finding a way where it's like, no, I'm not interested in that. No, thank you. But yeah, I think that communication is key, especially if somebody going to be in them cheeks, y'all. You got to communicate. So I'm just saying you got to communicate. Yes. Yes. That communication is the highest is level of intimacy. And so we need to be having these conversations. Okay. All right. So lady, we have talked about a number of different scenarios. So calling off an engagement or a wedding, living with someone before marriage and navigating your personal boundaries and preferences around sex. Now, again, as Terry mentioned, go on and hop over to the after show where we give you a couple of more scenarios of how to avoid some awkward moments in adulting. Well, we should maybe tell some personal experiences too, Down, Let's hop on over to the after show. Yes, All right, lady, we'll catch you in the after show. Go to herspacepodcast.com, click on Patreon, and we'll see you there. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note, that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am worthy of what I desire, period.